It's Star Wars. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Decode Podcast. I am your host, Omega Z, aka Ken Cardez, editor-in-chief of Digital Era Entertainment's written content decor and host of this very podcast that you're watching right now, Decode. I'm joined by Waypoint Cafe owner and founder, Gino, who's the disembodied voice that you hear over to the side there as he monitors all the stream chats and stuff like that. Welcome to another episode. We're here. Another week of gaming. Not too much happening uh, this week, though. It's a very slow a week. A lot of it actually happened today. Like, most of our news stories happened today. A lot of the news stories tend to happen, like, whenever we're like, damn, this was a slow week, and then all the news drops Friday. on a Thursday. And it's like, okay, I guess we have things to talk about. Thursday and Friday. Yeah. Like, but nothing happens like earlier in the week. It's no like super mega announcements or anything like that. Uh, but as always, we like to start off every show and catch people up with what we've been playing. Gino, what have you been playing recently? Star Fox, Nintendo. Wow, you went throwback. <laughs> I never had a chance to play it as a kid, so I'm just like, let me replay this. And I'm like, really? I never played the original one on the Super Nintendo. Wow. Okay. And I sat here, I was like, why do I feel like I'm just playing a demo version of the N64? Is the N64 just a remake? Because it feels like a remake. So th- that that's often brought up to debate. Uh, some people feel like it's a in-canon sequel. There's the argument that it's like an alternate universe Star Fox. And then there's people like me who are like, oh, yeah, it's supposed to be like a, a re a revamped version. A revamped of version with an the actual original story and yeah. everything. Okay. Um, I, I tend to not really care about the particulars when it comes to continuity with a lot of Nintendo games because even Nintendo doesn't know their own continuity. They've attempted and it's gone terribly wrong. So like, you know, for example, obviously the Legend of Zelda games have a continuity because there are certain hints in the games that which type they regret ever doing with the Hyrule story. Yes, <laughs> Nintendo actually is just like, we should have never done this. We should have just left it as vague as possible. Um, but I personally appreciate that they tried to make an attempt like, yeah, this is the actual like Zelda timeline. They regret it after Breath of the Wild because they're like, we don't know where this fits now. Yeah, because Breath of the Wild doesn't have a, a spot still. Um, no one knows where it fits. No, and then like Hyrule, the Hyrule Warriors games, the both of them were just like, okay, they're supposed to tie into Breath of the Wild. Wow. They don't feel like they're part of Breath of the Wild. And then, like, the most recent one introduced, like, a bunch of time travel shenanigans. So I'm just like, oh, man, we're going to have to, like... Up- well, I think the first one was supposed to be, like, tied into Skyward Sword, in a way. It's so confusing now. But, yeah, no, the Star Fox game, it's interesting because I'm, like, I'm playing through the levels and I'm, like, this just feels like the N64 version, just very unpolished. Yeah. The only Star Fox lore that I agree with is the one that Star Fox takes place in the same universe as F-Zero. Yes. That, James that, McCloud lives, lives and becomes a uh, racer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, originally it was supposed to be that the character James McCloud in F-Zero, that was an homage, but they later confirmed that Star Fox and F-Zero are in the same universe and that that James McCloud yeah. 
was supposed to be like a fox-like character, yeah, but they yeah. wound up making him a human in F-Zero because of the technical limitations they had when making F-Zero at the time. Um, which is why I want another F-Zero so they can rectify that. I want, another, I want another F-Zero because in, if you follow the, the 3DS game, Star Fox uh, Tactics, I think it was, or something like that. It was the tactical game when you... Yeah. One of the multiple endings is him and Falco just kind of shut everything down and become racers in the F-Zero Grand Prix. That's hilarious. And I'm just like, I want that ending. <laughs> like, they retrofit their R-Wings to become racers. racers. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting that you went that far back. Uh, yeah, that's what I've been doing. I've been on a retro kick recently because I'm kind of done with Elden Ring. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, I'm at the part where I'm like, okay, like, I know where this is going. I can take my time with it. Yeah. Um, nothing else has released this week that is super interesting to me. So I'm like, let me go butts around with, like, some older games. <laughs> <laughs> well, I picked up the game that's part of our image. I've been playing through Lego Star Wars, the Skywalker Saga. I beat it in, like, a day. Lego it's, games are never that long. It's not a long game. It literally took me like seven hours. The Lego games have never been that long. Minus for the fact of, uh, what's it called? Lego um, Jurassic Park. Um, I appreciate Lego Star Wars. I'm glad I didn't pay for it. <laughs> that would have like probably been upset that I spent like 60 or $70 or whatever it was it was going to cost. I feel like the Lego game should not be 60 or You know what it also should not be 60? 40. Any Nintendo, any <laughs> Nintendo Switch game that came out in the past three years. Because I decided to go back, like, since I beat Kirby and the Forgotten Land. I was like, you know what? Let me go play, like, an older Kirby game. So I wanted to go find Kirby Star Allies. That thing is still $60. All Nintendo games are still $60. You Why? Know okay. So. <laughs> that should not be a thing. No, 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 no. You can blame, surprise, surprise, Apple for this. Um, this came out during the Wii U era, actually. People were complaining that the Wii U games didn't drop in price after an amount of time. And their reasoning for that was because Apple took notes from App um, Nintendo took notes from Apple saying if you discount your first party products, people start to think of them as a cheap product. Nintendo experience is still supposed to be premium experience. That's that is the marketing like thing for older gamers like us who grew up throughout the entire genre. It's a dumb idea. It is for younger people. It's like, yeah, no, I know Nintendo fans who will 100% defend that. It's like, it's a premium product, so you pay a premium price. I'm like, hey, say, I guess so. Um, but yeah, I've been playing through Lego Star Wars. Um, it's funny because like I discovered this by accident and now it's like all over the video game news thing where you can literally try to kill child Anakin, but because he's a main character and also a child, you can't kill him. So what you can do is you can knock him up into the air and air combo him to stay in the air pretty much infinitely. So, so we're going to speed run for this. So we? speedrunners are now trying to use this tactic to hit child Anakin up in the air to get over like pitfalls and stuff like that. And it's pretty hilarious. <laughs> so everyone's trying to sequence break the Lego Star Wars now, which is pretty funny. Speaking of, there is a speed run that I was interested in, but it is a 
48 hour speed run for Elden Ring. Is it the one where they did the pacifist run? Yes. Yeah. And uh, 75% of that is just prep. <laughs> <laughs> so I, the one of the speed runs I watched recently, there was a two hour and 53 run where the person took no damage. Yeah, I saw the no damage run. Yeah. I thought that was some of the best stuff I have ever watched in a video game ever. That made me so tilted to watching that. That man, that player pulls off some incredible tricks. Have you seen the hitboxes? Someone dumped the hitbox data using the PC version. I saw like one video where like uh, one attack. If you jump, you're just a globe, but your feet aren't part of the globe. So your feet are intangible. That's funny. So I'm sitting here, I'm like, this makes it like the hitbox makes no sense to me. It's probably what they got away with in terms of coding. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Lego Star Wars. I've been playing Kirby Star Allies. Uh, That's a good game. And that game it's fun, you know. It's it's typical 2D Kirby. Kirby kisses his friends. <laughs> Kirby loves his friends. Yes. I have a firm belief that Kirby is actually a Nintendo villain. I, an unintentional villain. He's on, this man destroys plans and planets and galaxies. This man killed technically the god, technically uh, Smash God. Not once, but multiple times. Kirby is evil. Do not be fooled by his pink demeanor and cute pink He's, smile. No, and- no. He's chaotic neutral. Nah, that man is chaos. He needs to take a visit for Jack Garland. <laughs> oh, <laughs> from Strangers of Paradise. You play, you're playing through the hard mode you said earlier, right? I started my playthrough of chaos mode because I unlocked it on stream. So I was like, oh, let me try this chaos mode. And then one punch, you're dead? No, it's it, it has the ever infamous Dark Souls cheap damage. It's basically a, a DPS test. Like... <laughs> It's a DPS check. Yeah, that's all. The it game. Is. <laughs> that's it's great. like, oh, can you hit us harder? That's can you- true Final Fantasy like that right there is true Final Fantasy lore. It's like if I wanted to play like Diablo on torment difficulties, I'd play Diablo on torment difficulties because like there's nothing really hard about the higher torment levels. It's just can you output as much damage as the possible. enemy? Yeah, as possible. That's all it is, and I, I hate that that's in an action game because I feel like that's the the worst way to try to create a difficulty. I mean, that's technically what the that's what like the insane raids are for like 14. Yeah, I know. And, but but that makes sense because it's like, yeah, it's a DPS check. I just I like I want actual challenge. I hate when games are just like when games say, oh, this is a harder mode and all it is is like they weaken you but strengthen the enemies or I mean thought they must die mode. I, I I never thought those were hard. I found ways to cheese like all of that stuff. Um but I like, just I didn't like the one that they did for Bayonetta where they're just like, yeah, the hardest mode of Bayonetta, you have no witch time. I'm like, that's a main mechanic. Yeah, we're taking away witch time. I'm like, you literally can't beat two bosses without witch time. It was part of the mechanic to beat the boss. How? Because they wanted to create difficulty. So <laughs> this is a problem I find in a lot of video games where they're like, how do we make things harder? And the only way that most developers default to is let's take away stuff from the player. So that's why, like, uh, one of the things that I dislike about something like in Destiny 2, for example, when you do, like, 
the the Grandmaster Nightfalls or the raids on like the Master difficulties. They're not hard per se. It's just that there's so much mechanics that they add that take away from the player experience. So like they'll put microwave. they'll put things like you know oh there's no radar and because there's no radar the enemies now hit you harder. And like you can spec your character to be able to reduce the damage of certain damage types, but it's just there's just a lot of unnecessary finagling that you have to do or to adapt to their their idea of I difficulty. Fourteen has the has the best idea because what they do is they just add more mechanics. Mm-hmm. They don't really take away anything from the boss. They like, just give you like extra stuff that you have. They to do. get they give you extra DPS checks, which for for those who didn't play fourteen, it's like. Hey, everyone has to stand in a specific formation, or the tank actually has to spam this one button over and over again to fill a gauge out. If he doesn't do that, everyone wipes. Mm. It's things like that. So it's forcing the players to still be coordinated, mm-hmm. but also paying attention to where you're standing. Yes. <laughs> like paying attention. So it, it's it's more about, hey, they're doing this thing, hey, they're doing this thing, hey, they're doing this thing. Yeah. Speaking of raids, uh, my clan and I, we beat the vow of the disciple raid oh nice uh, this past weekend for the first time like the raid's been out for like a good number of weeks now um but as a clan we were finally able to do it together so that felt really cool um what do you get for that for that raid i mean it's the same thing you get in every raid just a bunch of gear and weapons and stuff so because sometimes like um like i was just wondering if gears but like a gear set that's just like shaped like the boss or anything uh, it's meant to look like what the new enemy type is supposed to be that we'll probably get in an upcoming DLC. Okay. Um, I don't know too much about that. Okay, that's fair. That's a lie. That's but- a lie. <laughs> uh, that's a lie. That's a lie. I am total. I totally have no idea what I'm talking about. Um, let's go down the gamut of uh gaming news. Let's talk about uh Kirby and how Kirby has technically won a Grammy. Uh, so <laughs> the Grammy Awards were uh, this past weekend held on Sunday, and what happened I is feel like it's super late. What I feel like these award ceremonies have been super late. Well, they do because you know ratings. Um, okay. so the duo of Charlie Rosen and Jake Silverman were nominated in the best arrangement, instrumental, or acapella category. They had done a big band composition of Meta Knight's Revenge from Kirby Superstar. And it's on a it's on an album that's done by the 8-Bit Band. They're based in New York. They're local. Uh, you guys should go see their, their show once. It's awesome stuff to do if you're here in the city. Uh, they do tour elsewhere, but primarily they're in New York City. Um, They won a Grammy for that song, which is a really amazing song. So if you want to know the original song, it's Meta Knight's Revenge. From Kirby Superstar, but their arrangement is what won the Grammy off of the album that they released. Uh, Some people were mad. People were mad that a video game song won? Yes. Why? Video games are for children. Oh. <laughs> it's ironic that we say that, because, but then a game like Kirby is the one that won the music thing. Yeah. Um. This isn't the first time that uh, a video game song has won a Grammy. Uh, there was also the song from Civilization Four with the weird title that I can't uh, remember. Baba, Baba yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, that was back in like 2010. Uh, Christopher Tin 
won the best instrumental arrangement with vocalists for People that specific were bad track. About that too, I remember. Because everyone thinks like you know when you hear video game music, everybody hears thinks of like the old like NES sound effects and stuff like well, that. Well, there's that, but also but not like, not realizing yeah, yeah. that today's video game music are done with like full on orchestras and choirs and stuff it's, like it's that. It's also the taboo of like animation with the Oscars. Yeah, like that's another like, one. Like animations it. for children. I'm like, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you been watching these Disney movies lately? Like. I don't know. I, I don't even think. No, no. I don't, I'm not even going to say Disney movies. I'm going to straight up like if you let your seven year old watch. Um, what's the Amazon one? Uh, it's based uh, Invincible. <laughs> like if you're letting your child watch that, like there's a lot of problems there. No, it's just funny though because like if you look at the recent string of movies, movies like Mitchell's versus the Machines, Encanto, and Turning Red, they're dealing with a General lot of oh parental trauma, parental trauma issues and stuff like that, and I'm like. Why is no one talking about this? Because it's animation. No, no, parents are talking about it. How it's teaching their kids not to listen to their parents. Well, yeah, because sometimes parents suck. (laughs) (laughs) We're not a parenting podcast. We're not. Slight disclaimer, we're not here to tell you how to raise your kids. I'm not. But as someone who deals with a lot of children as part of his business, please raise your kids better. As someone who is an actual parent, please wish your kids better. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. That went on a weird tangent. <laughs> like, it's important because, like... It's important because a lot of this as, stuff... like it, the it, genre it shows, grows. It shows that that stick... It's been... Video game has been... A, video gaming has been around for now... 35 years, no, even 40, like 40 plus years. If you count 40 like plus years in television, if you, count, if you count arcades. Yeah. And still to this day, they still have that stigma that they're kid stuff. No child. We should not have played through Metal Gear Solid. Like I should not have played through Metal Gear Solid two or three when I was in middle school and high school. So that came out when I was in high school, I think. What was it? 97, 98? Yeah. I, yeah, so I, was, have, I was a senior in high school. I should not have played that game in middle school. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of things. Am I that much older than you? I'm 32. Oh, my God. <laughs> Crap. <laughs> I'm old. <laughs> you want to know what made you feel old? You know what's considered a classic console now? Anything that... The 360. Well, yeah. I, I That hurts me. I, 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 <laughs> I feel your pain, but yeah, it is. Like, it's... it's Three generations away yeah, now. It's, it's what the Super Nintendo was to us. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just funny because like you think about things like, oh, GameCube's now considered a retro system. I'm like, damn. I had the GameCube before I was even married. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. It's funny because like a lot of new people in the uh, the video game scene don't seem to understand. During that time, it's like a lot of Nintendo's mentality of today's consoles comes from because of the failure of the GameCube. Yeah. The GameCube almost scuttled Nintendo and people don't realize that. No, they didn't. And then they had the Wii and the Wii U and it was just like, what do we do now? And they bounced back with the Switch. So all is good. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Kirby Kirby is now, uh, well, I don't know. Is, should, does it go to Kirby or does it go to Murder Knight? Like, is Mennonite now the Grammy winning? <laughs> Technically, Mennonite. 
Is it Meta Knight like an actual, like, full adult, fully trained Star Warrior version of Kirby? He's supposed to be. Kirby's technically like the baby form. I don't know about the baby form, but basically Kirby is... Undeveloped. He's not... He hasn't trained to fully become a Star Warrior. Yeah. And Meta Knight's supposed to be like the... the I'm worried about the TV show lore, by the way, because it's like... Uh, that's a, see this is yeah. a, so another way on the subject of lore there's all these i've read all these pages about kirby lore and i'm like kirby's not that serious it's not that serious but kirby goes and murders like eldritch gods and everything well yeah and because... he's a born-again christian <laughs> so i watched those you did watch those all of them yeah <laughs> terminal montage does a great job explaining the kirby lore it's hilarious what they go through in that stuff. It's like basically all Kirby games are like this. Kirby's out enjoying his day. His cake gets stolen. He goes murder God. Yeah. I did. One day Kirby was rescuing a cat from a tree and then decided to go into space in a giant mech suit and, and punch God and in the punch face. God <laughs> into the planet. <laughs> I just described to you the plot of Kirby and the Planet Republic. Yes. Essentially, yes. And that was the same wish machine, mind you, from the one with uh, that clown guy. The clown enemy. I don't remember his name, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't remember his name now. I'm drawing a blank on his name. Where's Wally? Anyway. I need Wally to tell me. <laughs> we, need, we need Wally to <laughs> just shut all the Kirby name. Yeah. Uh, let's go down some of the other news bits. We got some uh, announcements and stuff like that. Uh, this one's pretty cool. We have uh, an interesting like partnership because Remedy are the original developers for this game. Yeah. So Remedy Studios, uh, the guys behind Control and Alan Wake, um, they're also the original developers of Max Payne, and they're partnering with Rockstar Games to remake Max Payne 1 and 2 for PC, PS5, and uh, the Xbox Series X. Um, this is going to come as sort of like they've, they've arranged some type of partnership deal for this collaboration to be redo the original Max Payne games on the new Unreal yeah. uh, Engine 5, 5 which has been out for a while now, so I'm surprised. No, the engine has officially released. Oh, that's what it it's is. It's always so. been a beta, so that's what has happened. So that's why all these developers are bring jumping on this stuff, yeah, trying to bring now back. it's 1.0, so all the quote-unquote bugs are fixed. I'm still up in the air about how I feel about Unreal Engine, judging by the fact that Epic now controls both pre-production, production, and post-production of video games. Mm -hmm. um, they have everything from ArtStation, where you can find your artists for your games and assets and everything, mm -hmm. as well as Bandcamp now, so you can find all your musicians for your games, as yeah. to Unreal Engine itself as a production medium where you make the game, and now they have the Epic Games Store where they now sell their your game. So it's like they control, they have a hand across the entire vertical, which generally worries me. So I don't think they're going to be like too greedy about it. Oh, like, no, no, I no. understand it's, that, it's, that it's, it's... It's not Epic I'm worried about. It's everyone else around. I, I everyone's going to... We're going to end up with what happened with the 360 era and the PS3 era where we all got Unreal Brown. <laughs> The Gears of War. Literally everything, even Nintendo games had the Unreal Brown. Oh, that well, that was like system limitation stuff. So <laughs> color palettes are not system limitations. Yes, they are. No, they're not. Everything on the Nintendo. You're telling, me, you're telling me, hold on, you're telling me that the GameCube, which had one of the most vibrant color palettes, 
Then we went to the Wii. Yeah. 360 and PS3 era. You're telling me they couldn't do anything other than Five Shades of Brown? Yes. Did you not play like Dark Sector? I did. <laughs> but also, that game was we brown. also got Viva Pinata during that time. That was a colorful game. The Blob. Yeah, but that's because purple and blue were available. <laughs> anyway, um, who owns the rights to Max Payne? So this is why it had to be a partnership. So even though Remedy developed the game, they don't have the rights. They don't have the rights to Max Payne. But Rockstar does. Rockstar does. However, Remedy has the rights to the character. It's very weird. <laughs> I want to meet the lawyer who messed that up. So there's a little bit of... Uh, I want to know the lawyer who really messed that... <laughs> there's definitely a, a right snafu that happened with the Max Payne games. That's like Macross all over again. Yeah. Or actually, it's a yeah. Harmony Gold situation. It's one of those type of situations. Uh, but thankfully, they were able to reach to some type of partnership because Remedy had always wanted to like bring these games up to par with today's yeah. technology. And now they're able to do so uh, with this... Uh, this endorsement or partnership or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm just happy to see more Max Payne. I think Max yeah. Payne is one of the few really good video game trilogies out there. Uh, the third one was like the cap end to it all. Yeah, it was actually. We haven't seen anything since then. No, they they basically like up and done. We're like, we're done. <laughs> good. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, speaking of more, now that this Unreal time. Engine 5 is on there. We're finally getting a new Tomb Raider that just started development from Crystal Dynamics. They announced this past Tuesday that they will now they have now started development on the 13th mainline Tomb Raider game. Oh my god. Even 13 of these things. <laughs> mainline games. Yes. Um and yet it's also a prequel, right? Because it, it's how it's finishing up how she becomes the Tomb Raider. But she's been becoming the Tomb Raider. This is part of the reboot yeah. trilogy. This is going to be a continuation of that story, so maybe she'll actually be the team, the Tomb Raider in this one, even though she's already become the Tomb Raider. Raider she's been becoming the Tomb Raider for three entire games at this point. Um, I'm just happy to see more of this Tomb Raider, because I think uh, this Tomb Raider I, I, series... I like how all the headlines like, yeah, Crystal Dynamics, the ones who bought you the other Tomb Raider games, and Marvel's terrible game. And I'm just like, why would you tell people that? I don't know why. Um... <laughs> It's just another part where, like, I unfortunately have to give Square Enix money because they're publishing the game. But it's Tomb Raider, so I'm going to buy it anyway. It'll also be another benchmark game because the two other two Raider games are still benchmark games. Yeah, because of the... the, the what was They it? The, run so terribly. But it was also, like, the big thing was, like, how her how they managed yeah. to coat her hair. Yes. <laughs> I, have seen, I have seen computer rigs literally hit double digits to triple digit temperate runs <laughs> trying to run the game at 2k resolution um i'm excited for this but i mean GPU if they started it now that means we're probably not going to see it until like we're 22 now so we probably won't see this until 25 2025 i want to say 25 that's oh god that's such a long three years unless they asset flip it yeah, that might it might be a fast turnaround. It might be a fast turnaround because apparently importing from four into five is really simple. It's not like three into four, where four underwent an entire baseline code change. Yeah. So four five is kind I would rather say it's like four point nine, not really five. Right. 
shinier, <laughs> utilizes CPU cores better. Super shiny chocolate rare. And can we make games compressed again? No, because they want everything to be like 80 gigs. Uh, Speaking uh, of a company that likes to take up all your time, they did want something right for once. Yeah, Activision Blizzard actually did something good for once. Uh, they are basically going to convert all U.S.-based quality assurance workers to full-time positions. They will have a pay increase to at least $20 per hour. Let me tell you, QA stuff is not glamorous. It's boring as heck. It is very boring. Break the game. You keep doing this one part. Keep jumping in this wall for the next two hours. Yeah. I, I kid you not. I've done it for a summer. Never want to do it again. I have to. I would never do it again. Like I, 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 I was always, I was like many people who thought that video game testing was like, you get to play the game and uh, no, you no. get to play specific parts of the game. You get to play specific parts of the game and you're given like a checklist of here are the things we want you to try. So you got to get to this specific section. What game did you test? I don't think I'm legally allowed to say. Oh, was this recent? Technically. Uh, okay. Because mine was years ago. So I mean, I've done some stuff out. years ago. Like, but... my, like mine one was like years ago. Yeah. It was uh, Star Ocean. Oh, God. Or. <laughs> I had to do an Assassin's Creed like many, many, many moons ago. They got mad because I figured out that you could put the camera underneath. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, we're going to fix it. I'm like, the fact that you took time to model underwear, like, you're going to fix it? I remember, I uh, I can't remember which one it is. I think it was the first true multiplayer one. I think it was Unity. Yeah, that's Unity, yeah. Yeah, I remember testing that one and having to do all sorts of inane, well, did you boring do, stuff. At oh, least you didn't do multiplayer tests through, because that's no, thankfully. horrifying. I am so thankful I did not have to do that. <laughs> Um, it's interesting that uh, Activision Blizzard is doing this uh, in hindsight that the proposed acquisition by Microsoft is being put under investigation. Yes. Officially now. They're offic- the FTC is checking them out mainly because the head of the FTC is very wary of big business in general. She made this clear during the Epic versus Apple um, debacle. That's what we're going to call it, a debacle, <laughs> um, which is hilarious because Epic versus Apple led to a lot of things changing in Europe and being changed in Europe. Stuff oh, that's like what that. we forgot to look up. I wanted to look up that law that recently uh, passed. Today. It's not passed just yet. It's going to pass. It's something. going to most likely pass. Um, for those of you who don't know, actually, I have it on my laptop. There's a law passing in Europe, which makes me laugh because it is specifically aimed at Apple and but will affect gaming companies as well as they're starting to be looked on as platforms, i.e. like real and everything. It is known as DMA. Um, the Digital Markets Act or DMA. So it specifically allow smaller entities to compete with mostly U.S.-based firms. Yes. So, basically, they're looking at uh, six six parts. Um, interoperability, which means gatekeepers should allow their platforms to work with similar services with smaller third parties. So, this hasn't been really interpreted yet, mm-hmm. but basically, things like WhatsApp, 
you like your user list from WhatsApp mm -hmm. should be easily accessible to like Discord and other apps, right? Like that. Um, the right to uninstall, which means no more bloatware on phones. Mostly. <laughs> Please allow me to uninstall the uh, what's it called? Um, Sony's OS and allow me to install the Microsoft's on a PlayStation. Uh, the long and short of it all is they feel like if someone wants to essentially install, for example, the Apple Messenger that is exclusive to iPhone, yeah. the iMessenger. Uh, on a Google phone. On a you Google phone, you should be allowed to, even though you're not an Android, you're not an iPhone customer. The funny um, part is, though. The, the law is mostly done to improve the ability to have People communicate with one another. Well, there's that, but also it came up because of the Apple lawsuit. If mm -hmm. you remember where Fortnite had to pay, where people who are using Apple devices had to pay more if they were on an iOS device. Yes. Well, um, this also prevents that. It's like, no, it has to be the same across every single platform. They want regardless e of what you're using. They want equal access for everybody. Yeah. Um, so you probably want, you're probably wondering what does this law do to affect video games? And what it is, is video games are now being looked at as platforms as well. And things like, for example, uh, discord access, uh, should be the same on PlayStation as it is on Xbox, as it is on PC. Same thing with the data access. Like if I'm a dev and I release my game on say Sony's platform like the Sony storefront. Right. I should be able to access my analytical data from there. I want to know who's playing my stuff. The same amount of data should be available to me, whether I release it regardless on Xbox, PC, or Sony, or Nintendo. And you're probably wondering, isn't it like that already? The no. answer is no. <laughs> no <it's not>. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of times you complain to me about specifically Sony's, like, mm -hmm. eShop, I guess that's what it's called, or well, it's, PlayStation, it's the PlayStation Store. store. Yeah. yeah. Is so absurd. Yeah, because a lot of so it is like the, the big issue is that when a developer puts a, a a game on their digital store, the developer has no idea how many times that game sells on their digital store. They have to trust Sony's word. Yeah, when Sony says, "Yeah, you made this amount of dollars," they have to go, "Okay." Uh, if this law passes, at least since it's done in Europe, it most likely will affect over here. It will have to affect here because other things in Europe affected. Yeah. US. Basically, developers will now be able to see just how much their game sells on a particular platform. Um, and now most of you are probably thinking, oh, but doesn't Sony pay out money to be like exclusive on PlayStation stores? Like, yes, they do. But there's also part of these contracts and part of these deals and part of these negotiations is, you know, some developers get a royalty percentage based on copies sold. And we actually found a lot about that during the Epic versus Apple lawsuit. Mm -hmm. be, and everyone's like, oh, well, what's Epic's like exclusivity? And they paid a lot of these developers nothing. Yep. I think the, the highest paying one was like a few million dollars. Which people are like, oh, but that's a few million dollars. Like to some of these devs. That barely that covered. Covers nothing. nothing. It's enough just to get the game out the door. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're probably also wondering, like, okay, so how are they going to enforce this? This is the part that it makes me happy. So, the penalties are basically fine-based. Now, if you think of fines normally, it's like, oh, in the U.S., it's like, oh, they just have to pay a million dollars. That's it. That's a slap on the wrist. For, for, most, most, of for companies, most companies in the U.S., it is, yes. In the 
EU its 10% of its total worldwide turnover in the preceding financial year. Basically, what that means for those of you who have trouble understanding legal English. Give me 10% They of get your 10% profit. of whatever your profit you made the prior year. <laughs> so let's say, you know, Amazon made like a couple of trillion dollars in yeah. profit last year. If they fail to meet these standards, they would have to take 10% of whatever a trillion is, um, which is a lot of money. It's like close to a, that's actually a few it's, billion dollars. It's a few actually. billion dollars. So, um, <laughs> um, so the, the fines are hefty. For repeat, um, for repeat, infringement is 20%. And if you continue, you're banned from acquiring companies for a set amount of years. Yeah. <laughs> so I think this is why um, the FTC is specifically looking at the Microsoft deal. Mm-hmm. Because if this happens, um, if this passes, now the U- it's on the onus of the US government to ensure that Two companies that are based in the U.S. aren't going to be hemorrhaging money. Right. Microsoft already hemorrhaged a lot of money to Europe back in the early 2000s. Remember when you used to pay for browsers? Oh, my God. (laughs) It's like paying for Mozilla. Remember when you had to pay for Mozilla? You had to pay for Netscape. You did? Netscape was $10. Oh, my God. I don't know why. I With don't a yearly that. service fee of five. Wow. And that service fee was just to get you the next upgrade for free. <laughs> free. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about something wholesome. The Epic Games and Lego are about to team up for a kid-friendly metaverse. You mean Lego Universe? I guess so. Like go Island Online? Let's see what this article says, because I wanted to finish reading it before we got on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, so basically, I mean, obviously, the whole big thing is, you know, Metaverse is what Facebook has started and trended. Um, they're looking for a way to create a world that will protect the children's right to play by making safety and well-being a priority. Safeguard children's privacy by putting their best interests first and empower both children and adults with tools that give them control over their entire digital experience. Uh, so basically... We're- Good. <laughs> because I think, I'm, I think I speak for a lot of people. Twitter should be 18 and up only. <laughs> All social media should be 18 and up only. It is a crime against humanity that a 14-year-old's opinion shows up in my... Direct message box. <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically what they're looking to do is they're looking to take the Lego universe and create something similar to like Roblox and Minecraft. Um, they have that. It's Lego online. Well, they want it. I know, um, but they want it for kids only. Yeah. Like the Lego online is easier to like hack. and. Oh, it's, it's, it's horribly written. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I think this is gonna this is actually gonna be a really cool partnership. Uh, I know people are like, oh my god, it's Epic Games or whatever. Um, but these are the guys that have made Fortnite the giant media conglomerate that it is right now. I'm not sure how I feel about that. Why? Web three, like, okay. My issue with like I, I've recently come into this, and this comes talking about the internet and growing up on the internet for all these years. Okay. And growing up on the internet, I've realized. Two things in my life. One. The internet is for porn. 
No. Well, yes. Um, actually, a lot of those sites um, pioneered a lot of the ways that you pay for things on the internet, by the way. Ironically enough, yes. Yeah. So all of Twitch, all of like all those things, you, you could think those types of sites. Um, but funny enough, the internet in the early days wasn't commercialized to the point where you weren't the product. There were multiple sites that if you were smart enough to hop around between, you could end up from one fan site, go through a bunch of other sites, and then end up at the same fan site. Yes. Web 2.0 came up, made it a little cleaner, but it turned the commoditization from the website being the commoditization to the user. To the user. Mm -hmm. So when, like, and I say this to everyone, when the product is free, you are the product. Mm -hmm. So that means all your advertisement data things that you've bought, things that you've researched. Your metadata is essentially gold for these companies. Web 3.0, which is what the metaverse is pushing to, mm -hmm. and the same thing with Fortnite, is being used to solidify that even further. Yeah, That's why I, like, while I think Fortnite as a concept is a cool experiment, I don't like the implications of where it's leading. And I'm not talking about like a player ready, like player ready one kind yeah. of world or anything. I'm talking about no, we're getting 1984, but in a way that is very like fun, gamified. Yeah. So like I, I think there's a lot of good and bad when it comes to the concept of what people envision the metaverse yes. to be. Um like Second Life is very good. Yeah. For me, I think the bad falls into the tropes of where society as a whole falls into the trap like what happened in the movie Wally, -E, where everyone is just so disconnected from everything. Oh yeah. But that's the, that's the bad that's the bad of it where like you're literally your your life is the screen. That is literally not even the worst ending. If you and it's not <laughs> like Ready Player One, a lot of people are like, oh this is cool. I'm like, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. That is a dystopia. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also a lot of potential for good where you as an individual can control your social space on the internet. I think that is something Again, that can... I, I still think like social media. You know, I think the internet should come with a rating system of 18 and up only for a lot of these sites. There are things that you and I saw on the internet. And this could be a whole episode, by the way. <laughs> there are things you and I saw growing up children should not have been able to see. But that's because... We, it was grew up during... It was the new, Wild West. It was, it was the, the Wild, 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 Wild West. West. Now there's a lot more like, like control and stuff like that. Like, like that. you have a but there were things like oh, man, let me tell you some of the stuff I saw on the glory days of the internet. Um, I think I've seen more people die I've, than I've, anyone I've, who I've seen. Like I like I can watch war footage now because I'm old enough. But yeah. back then it was like you just click this link and watch a battle. Happen. Remember when Al Qaeda used to just straight upload to YouTube? Yep. Like they would just people forget up, that. Like they would just be on YouTube. Like you could just like had a page. You could you could literally watch I assassinations. I think they made enough actual... to get a YouTube play button. I think there was. I, I wouldn't be surprised, but yeah, the, <laughs> the gold, the glory days of the internet were crazy, and I think um, the early days. Let's not call them the glory days the because old, uh, I, I, that's what I meant. The, <laughs> the early days of the internet. Um, so that's that's the fear that I have for this space if unregulated. Yeah, if it's not right. And I think that that's the thing that a lot of tech seems to forget. They're so gun hole that it's like, hey, you, you forget that there's whole bodies that actually have to take a minute. So let's put this on. Let's hit the brakes a bit. 
where you all try to make your money and everything. Yeah. I mean, look at the craziness with NFTs and gaming and stuff like that. You had a whole NFT game fail. Formula One. Where is it? I had it. I, I think we moved it. So there was a Formula One NFT game that essentially crashed. And now anyone who bought into the like, NFTs, the NFTs you got burned. You got burned. You lost all that money. And then this is what I meant that like the whole NFT space is very dangerous because there's no regulation for it. If there was regulation in place, maybe these people would have taken a loss, but they wouldn't be out entire zeros of dollars. Yeah, exactly. You know, so th- this is why I feel like, you know, like people forget that games as a service means that the service can end. Mm-hmm. Like people forget that. And this is why I hate this this world that we're moving to where games are a service or where even programs are a service. Yeah. I think I should pay for and own the programs that I pay for every year. Like I should I shouldn't have to buy uh Adobe every like I shouldn't have a uh, pay a subscription for it. Gino's got to handle some uh, cafe things. Uh, but we'll move on to the next bit. Um, we all know that E3 was uh, unfortunately canceled this year. Uh, and as predicted, a lot of developers are going to do their own show. Um, ironically enough, though, they're not doing it in like June or July normally when E3 would take place. Uh, THQ Nordic has announced that on August 12th of 2022, uh, they're going to showcase their entire summer games lineup. Uh, which is funny because August is like kind of the end of summer ish. Even though summer really lasts until like the end of September, even though September is considered fall. Um, but we're going to see a lot of new announcements for THQ on this particular date. So that's a pretty cool announcement. I obviously we're going to see some more uh, digital presentations. Uh, I feel like sometime in June, we'll probably have a big Nintendo direct for whatever the next big Nintendo project is going to be. Obviously, we're going to see a Sony state of play, you know, sometime soon uh, in that June, July time period. Uh, And I'm pretty sure Microsoft is going to have some type of digital presentation on their own as well uh, to make up for the fact that uh, there is no more E3. Um, Coincidentally, I'm very surprised that Jeff Keighley has been very quiet on what he might be doing during this time frame, because he didn't, he, even though he had a show that was before E3, it wasn't part of E3. It was his own thing uh, before the E3 presentation. So on top of this THQ announcement for August, I feel like all the other publishers are going to do their own thing. And I was saying that like, oh, the, if you uh, remember the, everyone's doing directs. Yeah. yeah if, Nintendo if, if you remember time. when Jeff Keighley uh, did his thing, his thing wasn't part of E3. That no. was his own thing. Yeah. So I'm surprised that he's been very quiet. Uh, I'll be quite honest with you. I think the ESA as a whole, people also forget about this. The ESA is originally a lobby group. The lobby group existed for, if people don't remember the mid 2000s, when a movie came out called Moral Combat (laughs) (laughs) that had, oh, what was that senator's name from Connecticut? Hillary Clinton was in it, but also the senator from Connecticut. Oh, my God. I forgot his name. Oh, my God. I forgot his name. That's, that's how irrelevant <laughs> he is now. now yeah. <laughs> um, basically, they, they, they basically tried to regulate video games at a governmental level, which the ESRB, which is owned by, which is now run by the ESA, lobbied against. They were on the side of gamers for the longest time. And have they probably outlived their usefulness? Yes. But I think they could come back with all this 
metaverse stuff. Everything. Maybe. Uh, I'm trying to remember this guy's name because there was so much. Tom DeLay? Jack Thompson. Jack Thompson. No, that was the lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that was the lawyer that was trying to. I'm like... talking about the senator. There's also a senator as well. I don't remember that. But yeah, Jack Thompson, the disbarred lawyer. How do you get disbarred from Florida? That's even the better part. Anyway. Well, he was disbarred from Florida, New Jersey, and New York. Yeah. <laughs> but the Florida one's the one I think that, that stung the most. Maybe. Um, Florida doesn't disbar anyone. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't disbarred Giuliani yet, so. <laughs> that says a lot right there. Because uh, no, yeah. no one really cares, that's why. True. But <laughs> in, in all honesty, um, the ESA used to be a lobby group that did all these things. Mm-hmm. And I think they're taking this year off to really readdress themselves because I am a member of the ESA. Like that was something that I joined back in college as a lobby because video games are still a passion and everything. Right. Um, and they even sent out like, hey, were they there when they announced it, they kind of sent a newsletter out to all their members saying, hey, we're in the midst of relooking up. Like what we're doing, like, we need to reposition ourselves to stay relevant. I think E3 has kind of become irrelevant because in in the media that we get and everything, um, the same thing with CES. None of these companies are waiting for CES to make their announcements. And mm-hmm. E3 was an offshoot of CES, the Consumer Electronics Expo, our show. So I think that's what has led to this year being canceled. And now... With everyone doing their own specific directs, that has also kind of led to it. Yeah, it's ma- it's making them rethink like how do we make this once once amazing a year, sh- yeah show relevant again. again. And it's largely a- I think they need to go back to their roots. Don't care about the big three. Care about the smaller indie. Like, Devolver always made fun during E3. They would always buy the parking lot outside and run their own booth. It was great. And it's like, no, no, no. Embrace that. Embrace the smaller shows. Because you have GDC, which is the game developer's console. You have Gamescom. That happens right after E3. Gamescom is now the new nerd Christmas. Yeah. So it's like, what can E3 do? And think about it. E3 is the Electronic Entertainment Expo. Yeah. Stop focusing on just video games. There's so much you can focus on, especially now with streaming services and all like specific specific things like um, different series that used to just be comic books now being turned into TV shows. Moon Knight, a good example of that. Right. Things like that. So. I think we'll see it next year. I I think we'll see a version of it next year. And I think the key to it is how Jeff Keighley approached it with the game awards not just the game awards but yeah. how he did that that summer fest yeah thing. Uh, i think that's probably the way they have to go yeah um it's obviously going to be a much more smaller more intimate sh- setting i think that's fine i don't think they need to have everyone there honestly like i think it's cool that we get to play demos that are playable demos and yeah stuff but you like can that. do that at any point of year. like why yeah. have it at a space like that when like you oh, can do it at pack you can just send it to people regularly on yeah. Like just hey, for this weekend, try this game out. Yeah, you know. The per- personally, I I do kind of miss the big giant. Yeah, they were. Like, fun. I think they were cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, so that's all the news we had. That's all the topics we had. Uh, that's going to be it for today's show. Uh, so we're cutting it a little early, but that's fine because that gives enough time for RJ and Joel to set up later uh, as they complete Ace Attorney. Okay, so they are now. They're on the final one. I think they're just trying to wrap it up. Uh, so we'll move on to them. Buddy, whenever you're ready, if you want to start putting in those commands, uh, we'll start with the exclamation point Discord. Get it ready. There we go. Okay, I dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> you can also check out our website at com for all our social media links, podcasts, written content, and more. Uh, check out our merch as well over at our Stream Element shop. You can get our D hoodie, our D tank tops, our D t-shirts. You can also get our products for Coco No Pro, our upcoming wrestling-themed visual novel that you can check out over on our YouTube. Uh, be sure to check out our sponsor, Image Anime, as well. If you go over to imageanime.com, you can use our promo code discount ship for free ground shipping on all in stock item orders that are over $100. Uh, special shout out to the Waypoint Cafe, which we record these episodes live. Yep. To you. Oh yeah, my hat. <laughs> we got the waypoint hat. Waypoint it's hat. Too small for my hat. I can't. I can't. It's adjustable. But... <laughs> but this is this is the waypoint cafe symbol. Waypoint cafe hat. It's cool. Anyway, um. <laughs> what else did I? Do? Uh, I we, I said Coco in a pro. Yeah. Yeah. Over on our YouTube, you can also check out all of our past videos, our game of the year videos, our anime of the year videos. You can watch all of those on our YouTube as well. We got awesome streams throughout the week. So definitely check out all our links for that there. And uh, we will catch you on the next stream. But as always, until next time, you've been decoded. 